Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, soap fans and true believers. I have authored Jerry Waggett in for another two-parter because we just can't stop talking about our stories, especially General Hospital. As usual, this episode was taped before some of our predictions played out. See what we were right about, half right on, and just plain wrong. Plus, will Valentine ever find love? Well, here are suggestions for suitorettes and more on Believe in Soap Operas. <laughs> It's Believe in Soap Operas. With me this week, I have Jerry Waggett. How are you doing, Jerry? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? You know, pretty good considering. Because, like, first thing I always love to talk about, especially when it's good news, is the ratings are really going up with the soaps. I think people finally realized that they'd started back. So that that looks good. What do you think about that? Because I know I thought this whole thing might be a renaissance, but I was a little worried with the comeback. Yeah, I was actually afraid that with soap operas that when everything went into such a lag that a lot of people would kind of, you know, break this, their quote-unquote addiction and say, you know what, um, I'm done with them. I'm not going to bother hang back. It's sort of like, you know, I'm done and not bother with it. But, yeah, I'm thrilled to see that the ratings are climbing back up and the people back up. And it's great just to uh, to see people again, you know, that you know. It's kind of like we can't really see people in our own life that we know, so at least we can see people on TV we know. Yeah, and luckily each soap did different things to elongate their new episodes as well as, you know, show people classics or reruns or things to either catch them up or, you know, maybe some highlights for certain characters, which really to me worked. And that was why I always tried to remain to keep that habit and watch those episodes so I didn't break it. And I'm sure there were a lot of other people that did as well, but you really saw that there was a gap. But to me, General Hospital, which we both admit I think is our, our favorite and the one we love to watch, has, has really impressed me with its comeback. What are your initial thoughts with just how it's come back and everything? Oh, um, I am thrilled. I mean, I just, you know, captivated by the Mike storyline. And I think that they've done that incredibly well. I think that they've done um, the social distancing as well as you can. But it's, I am like, I'm into it, you know, both feet in the ground. I'm like, yes, it's been really, really good. Um, the nurse's ball was a, not exactly what I was expecting with the turning to a telethon, but I realized they did what they had under, had to do under the circumstances, and I think that they did pretty well. Yeah, the thing about the nurse's ball is I was thoroughly impressed because I had pretty low expectations. I enjoyed the nurse's ball, and as I said, if I get a sad number by Valentine, I'm happy. Like, that was all I was really wanting. And what we got by the whole thing, doing a telethon and the way that they did everything 
with the restraints that they had, that really impressed me. That that was really using their brains and trying to come up with the best possible way because there was a lot of story that sort of drove out of that and it was necessary. And it is a nice reprieve. And I love, you know, the fact that they used all original songs, basically, because that would be cheaper. And and they really did a lot of things to save on budget. So so kudos to them, because that was pretty smart. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I enjoyed it. I, it was interesting with the songs. And I was actually really impressed uh, with the, I believe that uh, the song that Cameron sang, William Lipton himself wrote. Yep. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it's actually kind of cool if we actually get to see him um, nominated for best younger actor or best younger person now, and also best song next year. Yeah, because to me, William Lipton is very much like Jonathan Jackson. What I'm seeing is like, you see, this kid's going to be a star. He's so talented. And yeah, I was surprised he wasn't nominated this last year with the Emmys. And I know we talked about that on James's Emmy shows. But yeah, like this is definitely going to be his year next year because he's still gotten a lot of good material as well as, you know, the original song. He's also very much uh, what I love about his character is he's a teenage boy, you know, and, and, you know, with all the problems, I mean, and everything they throw at him and he still comes across, you know, he's very heroic, very likable. But he's also a teenage boy now, you know, with everything that entails. He's doing a great job, very believable with everything. Yeah, and likable. That's one thing I will say about this teen set. And that includes Dev, because I think we are actually going to finally get a storyline with Dev, because we had the asexual comment with Cameron. And I've kind of always thought that maybe they were going to go with a gay storyline or something, you know, a little bit more 2020 with Deb. And they're, maybe they're all in love with Cameron, which is kind of cute. And you get it because it's like these kids are all very likable. They can be bratty. They're, they're teenagers, but we like them. And, you know, we not just have the legacies like Jocelyn and Cameron, but Trina and, and now Deb, too, are kind of in the fold and, and holding their own. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with Deb, because I tell you, when he first debuted as the, the pickpocket in Turkey about a year and a half ago, I said, wow, he's good. they got to find some way to bring him onto the show. And since they brought the character onto the show and into Port Charles, I keep waiting for them to do something with him that, you know, it, is worth what I think he's capable of. I don't see that they've really done anything interesting with him since he's been, you know, in Port Charles. Yeah, I agree. Those scenes in Turkey were really great. And then, you know, we have him come in, which is interesting. And to me, he has a look that he could have easily been Brenda's son. And that would have been a good callback. But then they sort of tied him in with the Corbins and that storyline, which didn't really serve him or Brando, by the way. And I think that we're seeing a lot of where they realized that some things weren't working and they were trying to figure it out. And maybe, you know, having that time away, they maybe figured out where they want to go with people. And yeah, we'll see what he can do. And and this should be interesting because it does feel like they're actually going to try to do something with him. Yeah. And and it was interesting when you said they, um, William Lipton made that offhand remark as a teenager will do. What do you like, asexual? Which is actually kind of interesting that he went there versus saying, what do you yeah. say? And I think that, and I thought, wow, that's, that, I, I never would have expected that. So it is kind of interesting, you know? And also, yeah. if he is asexual or gay or however they go with him, it'll be interesting to see how Cameron um, relates to it since he seems to be comfortable with his brother, his younger brother, you know, being, you know, having these traits that people, you know, associate with 
uh, being gay, even if even if he's straight. Yeah, because it, it does seem to me like Cameron is a little bit more mature in that aspect, a little, you know, I hate to use the term woke, but, but it is sort of that way that he doesn't seem to be bothered by it. That's what I mean. And I think that'll be the cute stuff is he will be fine with having a friend, whatever, you know, his sexual preference is. And just like how, you know, Franco and Elizabeth were with Terry, like it was, and I like the way that those scenes played out because no one was upset that we don't have to do that anymore. It is 2020. There are still bigots, but not everyone is. Some people can just be like, Oh, cool. All right. And move on. And it doesn't need to be a big deal. It's actually kind of be, it'd be interesting if Cameron's reaction to finding out that the dev is gay and or asexual is simply a type of relief at him no longer being a threat or a, a robot. Yeah. <laughs> that that would be the, the cute teenage boy reaction that, that is ornery in one way, but likable another it's like oh good now i don't have to compete with dev <laughs> yeah because i mean dev i think if they pushed ever right, right way he could be really good i think i read somewhere though that they missed the boat in the sense that um dev could have been a really interesting um spencer aged up yeah he could have been i could see that yeah because he, he definitely has you know a look of you know a european look to him that could have worked very well um, I know. Um, yeah, he looks like Marcus, he, who plays Nicholas. So yeah, it was like they have a similar look. Right, and they're actually doing. And, and speaking of him, they're actually doing stuff with him that I'm kind of liking because up till now, I've just kept wanting to slap Nicholas every time I see him. You know, <laughs> but he'd like it because <laughs> everyone did that every time they saw him. It, it's I. And I got to tell you though, his stuff with Ava in the last couple of days has been really interesting, and I also liked the um, socially distanced romance scene with him and Ava where they basically just they pulled together but then when we just cut away we see the clothes strewn around the bedroom floor in the darkness and you hear them talking and I said okay well you know if this is the way we have to do it this is the way we have to do it it's, it's not so much we have to see the sex scene as to know it happened yeah I think I made a joke that even uh I think Marcus and Maura liked the about like yeah I'm still gonna need a glass of wine after that it was so well done and that was what I will say that General Hospital has done well that maybe the other soaps could take note of is that they are not quite socially distancing. They're still following the guidelines, but they're being a little bit more liberal with the rules, which is totally fine by the SAG guidelines. Everyone's tested. It's cool. But yeah, they're, they're bringing the heat without having to show much. And that to me was the perfect example of a, a COVID guideline sex scene that really worked and really was still steamy because Nicholas and Ava sort of have that. And this was something people had been waiting for a long time, pointing that we didn't get it to see it the way we wanted. Yeah, I guess. But the way that they played it within that was just brilliant. I will say the one thing I got a little bit confused with is um, the way that they filmed the kisses between um, Ava and Franco and then Nicholas and Elizabeth is um, that you thought their lips didn't meet. And so I thought that the whole implication was going to be Oh, we almost went there, but we didn't. But then the way they were talking, it was, it was as though the kisses really did happen as a real kiss. I'm like, they're kind of. At first, I was thinking, okay, they're making a big deal about something that didn't happen. But then I realized, no, it was just. I, I think maybe they need to film it a little bit more ambiguously or something. Uh, so that we would see that it actually did happen. Yeah, and and, and those scenes were kind of 
a weird to me anyway, because we we've had little bits of this where it's kind of frustrating because we did have the scene where Liz and Franco realize what's going on with Nicholas and Ava because Liz overheard Ava, <laughs> Liz overheard Ava slut shaming her to Nina. So she goes and tells Franco and then they, they have another scene after the nurse's ball where they discuss sort of understanding what's going on. So it almost seems like they were playing them in their scenes and that maybe they were the ones having someone take a picture. Or it's like, okay, so the, so did they actually kiss them to kiss them? Or was this all about them sort of playing them? That's the only confusing part. But I will say it's all been worth this week with Ava and Nicholas. So whatever happens there, just don't break up, Frizz. We're good. Yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, I think that... Uh... Yeah, I, I actually think that uh, Elizabeth and Franco is a really interesting couple. When um, Elizabeth, uh, when Ava was slut-shaming Elizabeth in the bathroom, I was kind of expecting Nina to chime in a little bit more about, well, she did kind of ruin my relationship with Franco. Yeah, like, and that's just where I'll say that I'm not really sure what they've been doing with Nina these days. Like, I'll like her one day and then not the next. And, and I really love Cynthia, and I think that was a good recast. And I was kind of hoping with her in the role and the direction we started with would be a little bit more mature Nina because Nina being a little childlike made sense because of the coma. And like, that's why her and Maxie really worked really well off each other. But after getting her out of Maxie's orbit and with Jax, the, you know, regressing Nina again makes Jax look creepy and they really don't have chemistry, but I really like her friendship with Ava. But to me, Nina was almost too nice in that scene. And then two days later, like a little bitchy, not about that, but something else. And I'm like, okay, if we're going to have a more nice, mature Nina, let's stick with that. But if we're going to go with this Nina, she would have been in on the conversation about Elizabeth because she was very much in love with Franco, wanted kids, he didn't. And then he winds up with Elizabeth. That really hurt her. So for her not to even mention that was weird. Yeah, and I will tell you that uh, I was watching, you know, Young and the Restless yesterday or the day before. Uh, I think it was yesterday when um, Michelle Stafford's character, um, oh God, Michelle um, Phyllis, oh, Phyllis, is yeah. talking to uh, Nicholas about Dina Bergeron's uh, mystery codicil to the will of go find love or something with Jack. And she's sitting there and saying, you know, um, as much as I love Cynthia Watchers, and I think she's an amazing actress, I still see Michelle Stafford and I think, oh, I, I want her back as Nina. Yeah. Yeah. Nina was one of those characters that when Michelle was in the role, the writing was not great for Nina. Most of the character, they, they didn't know what to do with her forever, but you liked her anyway, because Michelle was so good. And that was the thing is I really like, I really realized how much of the Nina character and liking that was Michelle. And again, I like Cynthia too, but now I'm just not as invested. And it doesn't help that she's with Jax, whose return has been lackluster. And, you know, again, Valentine fan here. So I'm like, eh. Well, I, I, it is interesting that, you know, they really get to do a little bit more with Valentine because especially with the rise of, you know, Peter Rogers maybe turning into more of a villain, it's leaving yeah. Valentine a little bit more and more expendable, which I dislike. And I'm thinking, if we're going to put... Nina with Jax, I, I think that I thought at first we were going to have Valentine and Brooklyn Ashton get together. Now it's looking like it's going to be her and Chase. And I'm thinking, well, you know, and then when they were going to have, uh, when Anna asked him to come to Europe with her to um, hunt down her twin sister, I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe something's going to happen here. And no, it's, it seems like it's constantly 
all he seems to do, um, I know he took over ELQ, but like Michael, you know, Corinthos there, they seem to do, they may be running a huge conglomerate, but all he seems to do is uh, meet his lawyer for drinks at the bar in um, Kali's hotel. Yeah. As I've always said, I feel like they're wasting the sexiest man on General Hospital here because they seem to have Kim tested him as they're doing with a lot of people with everybody like Sasha, Brooklyn, which is totally fine. And you have Anna, which I'd always wanted them to get together because they just have such a fun chemistry and there is that history there but yeah it did seem weird because I love when he was just the villain sort of with his hands and all the pots a few weeks ago but a villain that can stick around in that this is all just business dealings he's giving people what they want just sort of being that devil in their ear and that is great if we can do that and maybe get him a romance or something like that great especially if it's with Anna because I think everyone's just like, why are we Why are we here with Ben and Anna? I think they need to separate. And where else would Anna go at this point? And we'd all love to keep her around. And again, that sort of fit. And we've had like Alexis, although after the whole Neil incident, I maybe prefer she stay away from him. <laughs> but, or I, I don't know, maybe they had like other stuff planned for him because yeah, he hasn't really been on in the last two weeks after taking over ELQ and the the scene with Anna was a blink and you miss it but it did seem like that was going to come back and, and I will tell you with uh, well him and Alexis it's like remember that like for a, the last few years up until I think they January thought they were brother year, and sister <laughs> and I said and I said no no this isn't young restless or the bold and beautiful the, where they would actually I still you know way back when Crooks were well to Bold and Beautiful. Do you remember the weird storyline where Jennifer Finnegan's character, who after finding out Rich was not her biological brother, growing up thinking he was her biological brother, finds out he's not, and then develops a crush on him after his wife dies? <laughs> no, I really have never been a big Bold watcher, but that, that that is so soapy. And, you know, the Young and the Restless, you have Summer and Kyle thought they were brother and sister. And now they're kind of the cuter of the younger couples. But, oh, yeah, there was that brief period. So it's not unheard of on soaps, especially when it is older siblings that didn't grow up together. I mean, the Flash, they were raised together as siblings. And that's the end game with Iris and Barry. So it's not even unheard of in other shows especially if they're not blood-related. But you have people like Julian and Ava in General Hospital who could have sired a King Joffrey with the chemistry that comes off that half-brother and sister. But if, if they do have that storyline, you know, maybe later down the road when we need a new mob guy, my suggestion would be Dave Franco for that inbred kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, because well, I, I you know, James my, Franco was on there. <laughs> and, 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 do you remember how? Uh, what was it last week that William DeVries got uh, a lot of attention for sending out tweet requesting that Mark Wahlberg pop up on the yes, show? Yes, and Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny. And then Mark Hamill, I know, had liked something he said too. And it's like you know, Mark Hamill actually was on General Hospital. <laughs> Well, actually, it's, I was yeah. just doing some research for this because a, a buddy of mine just had his birthday and I was putting together trivia questions for his birthday. He's a big Star Wars fan. And um, what was interesting was when Mark Hamill was on the show, um, he actually was dating the woman who played his sister. <laughs> and he was dating her behind the scenes. And I said, and I said well, that was very good practice for, uh, you know, playing Luke Skywalker, who unwittingly had this huge crush on what turned out to be his twin sister. 
Oh, yeah. And that's why it's like, hey, guys, you know, Game of Thrones did it. And it is 2020, but it's we're, we're not saying that this isn't a trend in soaps. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, – but I think well, what I thought would be interesting is if um, in terms of uh, Valentine and Alexis – is that, you know, since she is looking for a job because she's been disbarred, if he brought her in to run some section of ELQ. Yeah, that would be good. And and I would really like something like that for Alexis. If we're, like, determined to make Alexis perpetually single, let's get her actually working. And maybe her not being a lawyer, since we have so many lawyers, because now we have, you know, Michael E. Knight and, of course, Diane Miller, you know, always on second call, Scotty Baldwin, we need more of him. I do understand wanting to maybe shift one of the lawyers into something else and why not Alexis. But yeah, having her work with ELQ just sort of makes sense. Yeah, and, it's, and it also put her maybe a little bit at odds with Ned. And they've been having some good chemistry yeah. in the last day, Ned and Alexis. Um, and of course, um, now they, but they seem, from what I've read, that they're moving Alexis into an osteoporosis storyline. And that's going to be what explains about her wrist. Yeah, because that was something that obviously had been pre-written before this because that was in the early couple of episodes her complaining about her wrist and you saw those with the scenes with Lindsay Hartley and then it really was brought up maybe once or twice I'm like I guess that maybe they are going somewhere with this but yeah like you say it's been you know announced that it is an osteoporosis sign Nancy Lee Gron will be on the view you know tomorrow which you know would, would have been Friday the 18th, uh, as you're hearing this, this is one of those that I see a lot of people complaining about, but I don't think they realize that they usually do these once a year because there's a partnership involved and that's part of keeping the lights on. Yeah. I'm, and you know, I'm, I'm of a mixed mind. It's like, for one thing, uh, the way that they did it with Bobby last year, and we found out that Bobby had uh, diabetes and then they, but we see Bobby so little, so it's almost, doesn't matter yeah. but it's one of those things if they're going to do this with alexis um and it also gives the fact that the, a reason to be at the hospital okay um i was also yeah. wondering if for with the osteoporosis and the hurt wrist etc if this was going to lead her into an addiction storyline on painkillers that will tie her into the whole cyrus uh, renault storyline of dealing drugs yeah, because you heard her today in today's episode saying she wasn't going to drink, you know, and she already has this history of alcohol abuse. And a lot of times people do turn to other things. And Alexis is someone who does sort of get into herself and probably would consider trying something like that to just feel because she's trying to understand what's going on. And then, of course, like even, you know, and then it makes her wrist feel better and then, then it spirals. That actually would make sense and would continue her. I like the fact that her and Finn are recovery buddies and they're friends. I really hope that we keep that friendship. And I don't think I really want them back together like romantically, romantically. But, you know, if he and Anna are, are apart, like most of us just want at this point, why not try them again? Yeah, I think that um, it's, I don't know. I, they also were talking about putting him together with Portia. All right, that was one of the rumors. And I'm like, I don't really, I'm. Yeah, I, I, I don't see any dynamic or anything interesting to be gay there. Believe in Soap Operas is sponsored by Plexiderm. Fall is here, back to Zoom school, but there's no need to ring a bell. 
With so much changing, or not, finding a little extra me time is next to impossible. Looking your best has never taken less time than Plexiderm. All you need is 10 minutes and you can look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly reduces fine lines, wrinkles, and even those bags under your eyes in minutes with results that last for hours. You can try a six application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit triplexiderm.com and use the code BELIEVE. Again, that's triplexiderm.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V at checkout. As you and I talked about um, before this, I actually think that um, Kim Delaney, her mystery role is going to turn out to be his stepmother, you know, the woman who married his father. Yes, and I've always thought, and, and just like a lot of other stories, like Nina's daughter and some of these other things, it's taken us a while to get back to where we explain stuff because the whole Finn hating Chase and hating her and being kind of a little bitch about stuff. I love Finn. I love Michael Easton. But that was always a weird part of his character that I felt like would have only made sense if she and him had a relationship, the stepmother, and that Chase was actually his kid, or he thought he could have been his kid. So that, we'll see if beginning. that comes out. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've always thought from the beginning. It's the only thing that makes sense. And we're either going to revisit that, or maybe it's just some history between him and her. I, I don't know. But yeah, I was with you when I saw Kim Delaney, which was still kind of a huh to me. But I guess they're really working on that All My Children nostalgia with Michael E. Knight and, you know, they mentioned Sky Chandler and they had a discussion about Pine Valley and James Patrick Stewart. But yeah, Kim Delaney is an odd choice, but I guess maybe she had a holding deal at ABC. Kind of the only thing that makes sense there. Because I do see a lot of people coming back, but there are a lot of fish in the sea for that one. Yeah, I mean, and I also will be interested to see how they handle, um, you know, if they'll even give like one of those double take moments between her and Michael Knight's character. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of have to. Although it was weird. I don't remember Portia and Lindsay Hartley Sam sharing scenes when they were both on Passions. But again, that was a very quick thing. Maybe they couldn't work that out. But I feel like the Kim Delaney, they're going to have time. So they kind of have to. Yeah, it's and, and it would be fun. And, and, and Kim was so big. It's actually really interesting uh, when you think about it. What an impact, you know, because Kim Delaney was only on All My Children for, I believe, maybe four years tops. And that was 35 years ago. She left 36 years ago. And, and that's probably the longest she was her. ever on a show, though. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, oh, is, it, does that include Army Wives? Oh, uh, yeah. That one probably lasted more seasons. I was just making a joke. She tends oh. to leave quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is yeah. out the door. And but I can tell you, I mean, I was really psyched to hear that she was coming on. I think that she could be a really interesting addition to the show. Um, I'm psyched for it. You know, I'm, I can't wait to see her. Especially, I think um, it'd be good to see her with Michael Easton. It, what is interesting is Michael Easton is such a terrific actor. Um, and he's been doing pretty well with Anna with this quirky romance. But even when he was on um, One Life to Live and uh, Poor Childs before that, and even going back to uh, Days of Our Lives, He's a very difficult actor to find a leading lady for. I will say, though, because when he has chemistry with someone, 
they treat them bad or they leave or whatever. Because, again, you look at Renee Goldsberry, for example. John and Evangeline, there should have been a triangle between them and Trevor's Todd, you know, at the time who later became Victor. But, yeah, like, he had such chemistry with Renee Goldsberry. And I know that a lot of people were John and Natalie fans. And to me, they did have chemistry. But Natalie just was an annoying character. But... Yeah, One Life to Live with John McBain, there was a lot of stuff that worked with him. I actually didn't mind him with Marty either, especially when it was Susan. But yeah, yeah. before they turned her absolutely crazy and had her like throwing, like stabbing Natalie and throwing her off the roof or. To be fair, I was on Marty's side a lot. (laughs) Clearly, I didn't like Natalie. I was oh. like, yeah, they, they ruined Marty for Natalie. And Marty was a character that had kind of gone through stuff. And and yeah, uh, but kudos to Susan Haskell for being, you know, no, I'm not going to be a blow-up doll <laughs> on Bold. Yeah. yeah, but at least she has some integrity as an actor there. Yeah, it's uh, interesting is that she was, um, remember that she was also played um, Toast and Kay's sister uh, in a flashback or a ghost scene on Port Charles. I don't mm-hmm. remember. I, I really, Port Charles was probably like certainly my favorite of the spinoffs of anything, but yeah, because it had Lucy, Scotty, Kevin. But yeah, I forgot that she was on there. And she played like his sister of Grania. And just in like a, either a ghost uh, visit or a flashback, I'm thinking, okay, so this guy basically his twin brother or his lookalike brother. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, because he was Ian on there. Yeah. 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 Fell in love with somebody who looked just like their sister. I'm like, okay, again, creepy. Hey, at least it was looked like his sister and wasn't actually his sister or, or looked like his brother. <laughs> that's that's a good point. It's, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't like the uh, actress who, and you didn't mind uh, Marty stabbing Natalie. So you were you were okay with like Ben? Oh no, I, I was Lena. actually fine with Melissa Archer. I thought she did a good job. She was a character I, I Natalie was just a character I loved to hate. <laughs> yeah, I I think that they had the problem was that she was a lot more interesting in the beginning when she yeah, was devious. When she wasn't, yeah, exactly. Like Natalie. The only times I ever liked Natalie when she was Natalie Balsam. And that would include later when she was just in scenes with being Rex's sister or with Roxy. That was what I liked about Natalie. I didn't hate everything, but I just always found her to be irritating and ruining my favorite couples. (laughs) Yeah, it's the... um, They didn't do her any favors. Yeah. And um, now uh, I want to ask you is one of the things that, you know, with the slowdown in a lot of primetime production, I was talking about this with my vice Scott, is that I think we're getting a lot more of Jeff Cobra now because um, I know this is a guy who has always done a lot of like work in primetime and maybe because that stuff isn't filming right now, we're getting a lot more of him in Port Charles. And I got to tell you, I am loving his performance. Yeah. I think, and now what do you think the connection is? My buddy Scott um, and I were talking, he thinks that he might turn, that uh, Cyrus might turn out to be Laura's brother. You know, I never thought of that, but it is one of those things that I think there is a deeper connection with Cyrus and somebody, and he seems to be obsessed with the Spencers, like Laura and Lulu. 
So I don't know about Laura's brother, but that might be interesting. Because, yeah, I, I, I don't really understand a lot of the hate of Cyrus. I'm like, this is actually a fun character to me. I, I really wish it could have been, like, Anthony Sakara because I, I actually really liked the Sakaras. I thought killing off Claudia so early was very disappointing. That That was a fun family, but... I really think Cyrus is an interesting take and there's a lot more involved with the Spencer's family as well as Jordan. It's not about Sonny and Jason. They have their own stuff going on. So it's really a mob story that's really reinvigorated the interest for a lot of us who were kind of tired of the same old, same old. But uh, what I love the most about Cyrus is just how he is straight up creepy. And he even has those signs around General Hospital with him that I'm like, I'm, like, I'm loving this because it is it is hammy at its hammiest. It, I, I also, well, two things with him. Well, in terms of him being a brother, I thought that actually Martin Gray was going to turn out to be Jeannie's brother because her biological father's last name was Gray. Oh, and yeah, that might be yeah, good because then we could keep him and really put him in the canvas because I love Michael Knight and I, I really like that Valentine has a friend now and their relationship. <laughs> yeah, and, and I like to you know, you know, his name came up and Ava kind of cringed at it because she remembers him <laughs> as the guy who led her up to the parapet where <laughs> Valentine tossed her off on New Year's Eve. Um, and what I was yeah, like the about, one bad thing he ever did, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, the only bad thing, yes. But the um, the one thing with uh, Jeff Cobra's character, I wish I kind of wish they gave, you know, this guy is supposed to have enough money to have rescued the hospital. So we're talking millions upon millions of dollars at his disposal. And he kind of has a dumpy apartment. I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it, it also, I mean, the, the windows look like industrial. Now, they're probably bulletproof for a reason, but still, I, I think you can get nice bulletproof glass. It looks like that weird chicken wire you put in there so kids can't break the window throwing rocks at it. <laughs> and I think he deserved better. Yeah, and uh, who knows what's up with that. There may be, you know, some purpose or it may just be showing a little bit of it. But, yeah, like, he has all this money and he's really got all this clout now. And we know that Lucy would have found him a better place because she doesn't care. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I love yeah. the scene the other day when uh, Lucy stood up to Ned and said, Look, I made the deal I made because I came to you. You didn't pay me. He says, we'll give you the money. She goes, yeah, well, I came to you. I asked you for it. And you said no. And I, so this guy gave me the money and I did the deal. And your father would have gone for a deal like this. And you know it. Well, and I, I, I have to say that whole scene was very good with Ned and Sasha and Lucy. I love how defensive Sasha was of Lucy because I like that they're building this relationship. And I really would like to see more of this deception stuff because that's what's fun. Is And I think that's a good group because there is a lot of history with Valentine and with Sasha and with uh, Maxie because of Nina. And it'll be interesting to see how they kind of all play together because seeing more corporate stuff and same thing with ELQ would be great because we don't need everything to be mob and we need more of the hospital but I think people like integrating these characters and we need more Lucy and maybe get Scotty involved over there as well, because, you know, Scotty's a lawyer. He needs to be Lauren. They need a corporate lawyer. And maybe we can get Martin over at ELQ and Scotty over at Deception. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, Lucy and Scotty have had a great history. They work yes. incredibly well together because I'm never quite sure um, it, if Scotty, now, are Scotty and Bobby still engaged or did they ever officially get engaged or 
because they were sort of like, we're at this point in our life, we don't really have anyone else, but it wasn't love. I don't think either one of them really went with it. I, I, I mean, Scotty, Lucy, Kevin are always going to be some of my favorite characters. That's why I loved Fort Charles. And I just hate that we don't have enough Scotty, especially making Franco his son was great because the way that Ken and Roger work off one another is perfect. But I love maybe having Lucy more in that family mix and sort of remembering that this is a team. And we had that with Nicholas and Ava's party there with Ava's reveal. And it made sense to have them there. I, I just wish we had more of that because with Ken and Lynn, it's just gold. And and I would prefer Scotty and Lucy rather than Scotty and Bobby. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because, and I'm thinking, you know, we should be seeing a lot more of Bobby now, you know, especially with Mike's dying and, you know, Mike and, you know, she and Mike liked each other um, with Nell passing, you know, we, we have all this stuff that's going on and I'm like, where's Bobby? And I mean, also, um, where is, you know, I also feel bad. I don't know if they chose not to come on set. I'm not sure. But they've done other work um, that I wanted to see the scene where Cyrus Renault lays down the hammer and tells both of them, you're out. Yeah, because we did have some scenes with Bobby and Monica early on, but we haven't, especially after the firing. Which it, And what I will say that they, they've cleverly done sort of to explain some things or nod to maybe people's complaints is make this hospital storyline and the firing and the cutbacks and everything be about that. And so that's where it's their nod that they're listening because like, okay, we're firing the vets, Bobby and Monica. But in reality, that story makes sense because of what they did. They put the hospital at risk. They were being sued. That actually would happen. But where it's funny and really more to inside, you know, besides like the, oh, the vet's getting pushed out, is when you have Elizabeth and Epiphany being like, Liz is on two days a week and Epiphany's been pushed back to administrative because, you know, now Brett's in charge. And all this here is really funny to me because I like to think that that is a little nod to, you know, yeah, everybody wants more Elizabeth, but she's going to be reduced to a few days a week. And it's same thing with the Epiphany. And, and I kind of felt like that was a little bit of an inside joke and we are getting more to this, but it also will explain maybe why we're getting less of Monica and Bobby, but maybe they'll come back whenever things are. Cause some people just don't want to do the con uh, the constant testing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, with my job being, um, I teach, you know, in the classroom two days a week and I have to do the COVID test twice a week. I mean, it's, it's, it's very easy nowadays and just in and out only takes me a couple of minutes, but yeah, I can understand why maybe they, they don't want to test them. Maybe because, that they just don't want to put themselves at risk, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, it, and it is their prerogative. And that's why sometimes in that, that's maybe why some people, because they can't do the 14 day quarantine because not everybody lives in LA anymore. And that's what some people kind of forget too, because yes, did we, did I think we needed uh, Christina? I almost called her Sabrina. Do I think sub Christina would be useful in the Mike storyline, yes. But maybe Lexi Ainsworth really wasn't available. And I, I know that we all wish we could get everything, but it doesn't, they're having to work around a lot of stuff. I mean, we sadly are seeing Stumptown get canceled by ABC because they couldn't work around everything, even though it had been prod up for a season two. But hopefully it goes to another network because that was like the best new primetime show of this last season. But working around the guidelines is a lot more than people think. Yeah, and, it's, and the soaps are actually doing a pretty good job with it. Um, and I think that well, one of the interesting things um, is I guess Melissa Reeves has chosen not to come back to Days of Our Lives because of COVID. 
Yeah, like, and again, that's her story, and it may be the truth. Do I think that maybe it has to do with some other things that happened during the break? I'm sure that that's a factor. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff involved there, but guess what? You're going to see a lot of people, as we saw with General Hospital. I mean, Amanda Seton couldn't come back because she was pregnant, so we have Brianna Lay in the role of Brooklyn because Brooklyn was in this big storyline. Or Lindsay Hartley stepped in for Kelly Monaco for two weeks. I mean, we're, we're going to see a lot of that, so this isn't uncommon, and sometimes maybe people just need a break or maybe need to go try something new. I mean, she's been at days for forever that I know of, but to see Katie McLean be the choice to play Jennifer is amazing to me. I just wish General Hospital had snatched her up before they did. Um, you mean as Nina? Yeah, uh, that's something I said on this podcast uh, maybe a month ago, is that, you know, she would have been a great Nina. No disrespect to Cynthia, who I think is doing fine, but that would have been fun to see Katie as Nina. And I feel like she really would have brought something to the role. And we could still have crazy Nina, which I hope is the direction we're going. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, of course, it, all, it would also have the vaguely incestuous part of remembering her and uh, James Patrick Stewart as brother and sister and all my children. Uh, yes, uh, Will and Dixie together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it might have some people scratching their heads, especially once you had uh, Tad in the background. Actually, I will tell you, my person I came down with, the, well, the two people I thought would have been amazing at playing um, Nina as well, uh, one of them would have been Alicia Minishu. Oh, yeah, that would have been um, interesting. Because she also had that ethereal quality that Michelle Stafford has. And very similar, even though she was already on uh, General Hospital twice, you know, hey, if they could bring in um, uh, uh, the one who just won the Emmy for the show. Um, Tamara Braun, yeah. Yes, if she could come in as a whole yeah. new character for playing Kylie. I was actually thinking that Robin uh, Christopher would have been amazing as Nina. Well, to me, Robin Christopher should just come back on as Sky. I mean, and that's the thing is we have this connection with James Patrick Stewart and her as well because, you know, Sky and Will were together, weren't they? And it is one of those things that they've mentioned Sky. And wh- why don't we have a Sky? That's a character that would have made sense, especially with the CEOQ stuff. And yeah, it would have been interesting if, uh, and, and she, she could have been somebody that you could see uh, Valentine with. Given this, I mean, aside yeah. from Anna, who would you put Valentine with now? Um, as much as they hate each other, I actually have always thought that he and Ava, but it's probably because they're my two favorite characters, but uh, that would be fun, at least for a little bit, until they killed each other. <laughs> literally, literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and also, the other part that I want to ask you about, with the whole thing, and having uh, Jax and Nina pop into Ryan's bar, I'm thinking, is this opening the door possibility of bringing back Eileen Kristen as, I almost called her Roxy, as Delia? Yeah, I I hope so. That's why when they were there, I was actually hoping we would see her. But the sad part about that whole scene is there was so much of it I loved was Nina discussing her history with Ava and bringing up Silas and, and Kiki and how that all went down. But the sad thing is we kind of always thought from the beginning when it was Kirsten Alderson or Kristen Alderson and Michelle Stafford as Nina and Kiki and the way that they sort of set up 
the Silas, and it wasn't Franco, we could have easily made Kiki Nina's daughter, since they've been wanting to make Nina's kid alive from the get-go, is what I've always felt, and, and many other people have, have said the same thing, is it was set up from then to make them actually the mother-daughter, and for whatever reason, I felt that. And that's why this scene almost made me think of that, but obviously, we're not going to go there. They've changed it too many times because I think once Haley Aaron took over the role, they sort of scrapped that idea and really more made her and Ava rivals in a way for certain stuff. And then we went a different direction with Nina. And then when it was still Michelle, we had the Willow possibility of being her daughter. And then they did a 180 and went with Nell when it was switched to Cynthia. And that's why I I'm just shocked that they've drugged this out so long and that we're honestly not going to get that much of a payoff other than to me finding out her daughter is Nell and that she's probably dead and that Jax was covering it up what is that the direction we're going with Nina because I know Cynthia can bring the crazy and we have that history with Nina and that would be better than what I've seen like for a while with her character but it's just sad to me how they've regressed her and we we've really gotten to this point with this story that I don't think we're going to get the payoff that we always wanted. Yeah. I mean, I love the, when they're chasing down the, you know, this separated hat, this hat that's gotten two. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking that, you know, and, uh, again, my buddy Scott said, you know, where they could just trace it back to K jewelers. Yeah. Like the whole necklace thing, I get that that's what we're going with, but it's a cheesy necklace that seem that isn't that special. And so yeah. this whole thing seems silly. It's sort of like the, the uh, marriage with Michael and Willow and why they had to do that. They had to jump through so many hoops for us to even get to the point, and it did, still didn't make sense. It's like, okay, but really, what is the difference between Willow and Sasha? Willow got fired from her job working with kids. Like, she's threatened to kill people. She's been to jail. Sasha lied? Uh, <laughs> like, like it was confusing to begin with. I mean, Chase would have been a better fit, but I guess we'll never get that. But, <laughs> okay. Well, and then same theory. thing with Nina. It's like, what, what is this? It, my theory about the necklace and now having it is that... Uh, it's leading us to believe she's Nina's daughter, but it's so much with that. I actually think she got the necklace from Shiloh during their marriage and that, or it was in with his articles after he died. And they remember, because they kept saying something about him having something that belonged to Willow that she wanted back. And I think yeah. it's that necklace. I hope not. Because the thing is, is, is to me, at this point, Willow and Nina being mother and daughter doesn't make for more story. And if it was Nell and say, if, certainly if Nell comes back from the dead, there's a ton more story. And there's really a lot more connection between Nina and Nell. And Nell is the girl who grew up wanting to be privileged and to realize she was kind of like Natalie, uh, <laughs> as I say it, Natalie, on yeah. One Life to Live, in that Nell is a character you love to hate, but I almost love her more than I hate her because I love any character that can really rock that Corinthos boat. And her versus Carly was fun. I think Nell's a fun character, but I totally get why Chloe was wanting to rest the character for a bit because that's tough. And hopefully we do get Nell is alive and that we maybe do get some final bits with her and Nina. But yeah, to me, if they were to switch it back, 
to not be Nell, to be Willow or to be someone else. Again, this would be a fourth time. And even if it went back to one of those choices, I barely care to begin with, to be honest. So, so why, why will we just switch it around? It's sort of like the Rex's dad thing on One Life to Live, which the initial story got halted by the writer's strike and they couldn't help. But then again, then they had two other people come up that had nothing to do. They were, neither one was his father, but it was this guy. And, you know, it turns out to be Clint. I mean, it's just weird. Yeah, and I think that that storyline came in just to give uh, Kim Zimmer something to do beyond just uh, sleep with Vicky's husband. Yeah. And um, and they just wanted her back because she was so big, as opposed to really having something worthy to do with the character. Yeah, and I almost feel like that's the same thing we're doing with Cynthia as Nina. Like, they really put a lot into Cynthia coming in because she had, you know, a lot of success in primetime and is a great actress. But I do feel like this is sort of a retcon for both of those situations on One Life to Live that didn't actually, to me, serve either character and didn't really work out. And I I don't know why, at least with Nell, that was, I was buying into that story. And while it was all over the place and and Nell's origin's always been a little weird, same thing with Nina's, that was interesting enough and would have brought that rivalry between her and Carly. And then now Jax is a problem. We could have gotten a crazy Nina and, you know, sort of felt bad for trashing Nell on the stand. Or not really trashing, just telling the truth, let's face it. But that that would have made for good story. But if they were to change this again, it's like, ugh, do we even need Nina at this point? Yeah, and I also, I gotta say, with the one thing that just never made sense to me is why Nell thought that being married to a retired mobster was better than looking like a single mother. Yeah, because Julian, I, I love I love Will. I love his hair. And that's another character that I don't know what they're doing with them, and they don't know what they're doing with them. So let's either figure it out or maybe rest for a bit. Because, also, yeah, that, that whole thing was silly. It was fun to watch him be tortured, and Will was funny in the scenes. But, yeah, that was a blink and you miss it. And we basically just have it to call her Nelvins and Jerome now. Like, what? Yeah, and and, uh, and the, one of the best lines, of course, was um, with Ava saying, why isn't she dead yet? Or you should just let me kill her when I have a chance, you know? Yeah, I love the bits between Ava and Julian about now. Like, that was almost worth it. But, yeah, like, to me, that was almost setting up for a, mur- a real murder mystery with Nell. We had her having something over Julian, Valentine, Ava saying she would kill her. And, of course, you have the Corinthos clan that all want her dead and Jack's, like, it would have been really interesting, but now we had the, the cliff dive, which leaves the door open, yes. But, again, what was the point of that if we're not going to pay it off? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was great while it was going on. It was also um, interesting with the whole um, kidnapping storyline. And though um, what's interesting is, you know, you've got all these kids, you know, running around, but we never see them anymore. It was actually surprising to today's General Hospital where you actually did get to see Avery. Yeah, and she's gotten so big. She's always been such a cute little girl, and I like that they've used the same actress. But it was nice to see her, and I like that we had that Nicholas sort of changing his opinion on Ava, and not because he'd slept with her, because, of course, when he first wakes up and realizes she's gone, he's like, ah. But then he sees her being a mom, and, and I feel like Ava is pulling a Carly, as Carly did with Jocelyn, 
where, yeah, they were awful mothers. Uh, let's face it. N- neither one were anything to write home about with their first kid or two, but we do see them trying at this point in their life. And I really think Carly and Jocelyn have a much better relationship in a lot of ways. And she didn't make as many missteps, which is nice to see. And that's why I feel like Avery on Ava on the, are very similar in that. Yeah. It really helped, you know, for that scene, it really was important to have Avery on the set and be seen. And it's funny because I just know that because of COVID, they haven't been, you know, letting the little kids get seen. Yeah, which, and, which makes sense. I did like how they kept Wiley included, that his parents sent in photos and, and the webcam. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah, and, and, and he's, he's been actually pretty good. Um, you know, he, he played kidnap victim very well. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I liked when... Um, they were saying, well, how long before Nell just gets sick of being a mother? And he's like, yeah, you can see. Even the car, she was like, Wiley, please stop. You know, didn't have any patience for being around him when he started crying. Yeah, and that's sort of the thing with Nell. And that's why I like that, that we can rest the character and she come back. Just like, I mean, with Cassandra and Helena. Some of these other villains that are good one-off villains that they're not redeemable as people. So we don't want them to hang around like your Avas and your Valentines. Meanwhile, we can have them come in and out like back from the dead to cause havoc. Because if they weren't going to redeem Nell as a mother, then there is no redeeming her. <laughs> she, like right. we say, she would, she didn't even really want the kid. And that was why I totally understood Nina and Nell and that Nina turning on her in the way by telling the truth and seeing that. But that's why... Nell has to be Nina's because we need Nina to reflect on that. Yeah, and and, and also I guess what will happen with that they can have the replacement part here is that Nina can almost then become like obsessive grandmother to Wiley. Yeah, and that's what I'll say. And then it will cause more problems between her and Willow because them getting too close again to me said like, oh, there's going to be a problem here. And to me, what bigger problem would it be that her daughter is not getting to raise her son because there has to be some sort of shift with that. And it, to me, I don't like things being wrapped up too neatly in a little bow. Oh, and then they're a happy family, Nina and Willow. Okay. Why did we set up all that conflict then? Yeah. I, and I also, I like the idea of Nina having reason to be in the Quartermain family and, and you know, all around the Quartermains. Yeah. Because to me, that might put Nina in Ned's orbit or as much as I like Ned and Olivia, the Olivia and Robert stuff is really good too. We could be shifting around some things and Ned and Olivia could be more like the Monica and Alan. I mean, they could break up and get back together. Cause I, I like their dynamic. I like the dynamic with the Quartermains. So we'll just have to see because there is so much they could do. And I do, this may have seemed a little negative, a little bit about certain characters, but I think General Hospital is heading in the right direction for most everything. I mean, they're, they've wrapped up the Mike storyline now. We, we had sort of a wrap up to Nell as she went over the cliff. And we seem to be moving in another direction. And it seems that a lot of it will be more hospital focused with the Brits being back and being in charge. What do you like about that being the choice of the chief of staff? Um, I thought it was actually pretty good. But I saw, and I'm like, oh, so I guess prison sentences really don't matter when you're picking your chief of staff. Um because it's not like Cyrus, who was, they said he went to prison wrongfully. She actually served the time, and she's just out of prison. She didn't have her conviction yeah. overturned. But, but just like her mother, 
did it. Yeah. Uh, now, there's a rumor going around that the new chief of nurses at the hospital is going to be Harmony. Yeah, I've, I've heard that, or I've heard that we don't know what Finn's stepmother did, and we're all thinking that's Kim Delaney. Maybe she was a nurse, and she's going to be the new head nurse, because that would make sense to cause a conflict there with him. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, with Harmony you know, in there, it'd be kind of interesting because, you know, well, let's face it, it then creates a whole theme of, you know, uh, prison terms being a something you want on a resume. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, then in general again, hospital, again, they typically do, but unless you're Stephen Lars and then you can't come back. Right. Well, then again, she, she would be replacing former prostitute Bobby Spencer. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And Alan, Alan was, I think, chief of staff, and I don't think he ever went to prison for it, but he did try and kill Monica a few times. So I guess it a really isn't outlined. Um, I think it's interesting with uh, Britta there being chief of staff because um, there is going to be conflict. Uh, it's also, I think, that Cyrus Renault, I'm thinking what he's going to wind up doing is somehow using the hospital as the center for his drug trade. Yeah, like, which makes sense. And and I do feel like we, we had some really good storylines back when uh, Seamus Denver was a doctor there. And, you know, he's the one that shot Michael in the head. And we could maybe see a return of, say, Dr. Matt Hunter since, you know, you or Stephen Lars, since you can wipe that off your you know record when you were in prison. It would be nice to see someone like that return, especially since everybody's always wanting more Webbers. And, you know, Liz and Franco share a brother. But that they yeah. never speak about yeah. Have they ever mentioned it? Hey, you know, we actually have no. a brother. No. Yeah, it's weird that Stephen Lars is never mentioned by anyone but his mother. Because even Olivia almost married him. <laughs> and I remember but, yeah. years, years ago uh, when he was first introduced, I think, as an adult, but uh, not by... Um, it wasn't Scott Reeves. It was somebody else. I forget the guy. Right, because it some... was like a blink and you missed it. And then it was Scott Reeves later. Right, and remember that temporarily uh, it looked like they were going to be pairing him up with Carly. Yeah. And it's um, and then they basically, um, they really didn't do anything with him. He left town. I think he came in originally. He was working um, like as a forensic pathologist with Carly's father, who was Corbett Bernson. Corbett Bernson, yeah. Yeah, as a DA or something. And he was the forensic guy. And then he came back to the hospital, and he and Elizabeth had some seats. But they really didn't, you know, do much. And I know he was, like, um, intrigued by Kali, as yeah. most men are. And so I think that he was just really um, – but I, I thought when they brought him back and they put him together with Olivia, that was interesting. Um, I think the dynamic with uh, Heather was, it was good because suddenly she was devoted to him. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And but and then um, with Olivia and with the thing is with, I still okay so um, speaking of Olivia this week so she and Robert if number one um, I'm sorry but if you've never had any type of training okay I really think that you've got to realize that if you go to assist a spy like Robert Scope with a mission <laughs> you've never been trained you're going to become a hostage very soon okay and put everything in jeopardy um, secondly with Olivia when um, Robert's saying. I think uh, Holly might be alive. And everybody said, no, this is impossible. And I want somebody to just finally say, half a poor child used to be dead. <laughs> yeah, you know? like it is one of those, sometimes when they act like it's no possibility, unless you literally saw the body, 
Yeah, it is, especially in this. I mean, this is no days. Days will just bring back anyone. They don't care. But General Hospital still blurs the lines as well. I mean. Yeah, I mean, they'll bring it back. Well, I think part of the difference is that uh, General Hospital at least tries to come up with an explanation as a po- or, or days they either just say, okay, we're not even going to bother. We'll just take the people. You're happy. They're back. Be happy. Or they come up with, do uh, you remember that crazy explanation when they brought Daniel Cosgrove back from the dead on days? And it was like some look. He ran out of the house and a lookalike ran in to kill Hope. And it was I, a lookalike. I, I, I wasn't watching Dave's then, but that's pretty funny. I mean. <laughs> And, and and then I still every oh, time like I Gigi see Gigi and uh, God, what was her sister on One Life to Live? Uh, Stacy, yeah. How it's like, oh no, that was actually Stacy. She had plastic surgery to look just like Gigi. Gigi's actually alive, and she thinks she's Stacy. I mean, that's that's used a lot on soaps, but for One Life to Live, that was a big stretch. The Tale of Two Todds actually made sense, but yeah, so much so that um, it was basically they kind of used it again on um, with uh, Jason the yeah. Yep. yeah Drew okay no Drew the reason you think it's all you is because your memories have been implanted into you uh, by him or from and, him and then yeah it made sense because Helena with the mind control we'd had a president there with that so like when, when Lucky got his mind wiped when he was actually alive I mean we, we had so many characters do that before that I was just willing to accept it <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, and I just like and to keep Billy. I like with twins. <laughs> there was what I said to keep Billy. Uh, yeah, I'm willing to accept that. I was willing to accept that storyline. Yeah, I mean it's um, and then they turned out that they were actually they were the twins. It wasn't Franco and Jason that were twins. It was uh, but Jason did have a twin that nobody ever knew about, and he got chipped off. I said okay, slightly convoluted, but it makes sense. Well, yeah, so far makes sense. Yeah, I always, uh, you know, think of the Legends of Tomorrow, the DC show on the CW, where it's like, all I need is one little line, and I just call it Legends Logic. You just got to tell me one reason that, say, Firestorm can't come together this episode, or one reason we can't just go back to that moment, or one little bullcrap moment that it's just like, hey, we can't do that, or hey, this thing works because of this. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, this is, and, and you just want some explanation, and then um, just give me something so I can be happy that the person's back, or else I'll go all Kathy Bates in misery on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, because I remember what James Conn said that she was back, and, and Kathy Bates said, No, you can't just bring her back from the dead. You gotta give me a mm-hmm. reason, or else I'll basically break your other ankle. Um, yeah, it, but I think that with these characters, Coming back, and I don't know if Holly's actually going to turn out to be alive or not. I thought it was great the way they introduced Ethan back onto the show. Yeah, I love um, Ethan. That was a character that I, I really do miss. I mean, and, and Nathan Parsons is working all over, so I get it. But it's nice that he's always willing to come back, too. I really like to see that. And I think that I, I love his dynamic with Robert. And I still always kind of wish that he was Robert's son. But he had a great dynamic with Luke, too. And, yeah, I think Holly is alive. Because what's the point of all this if she's not? Right. Now, the thing is, Emma Sams is been sick so i i don't know yeah. if we're gonna be able to and and especially then traveling would be you know i don't even know if she's allowed in the country so i don't know how they would work that in but it's just you know i would like to see that she's alive and um but you know don't I, if you don't get her what do you do yeah because that is sort of the thing is i don't think anybody would want to see a recast it sort of has to be emma sams and it would be a nice wrap-up of this story but 
again, there there are things permitting. I believe she, she still lives in England. And I don't think that there's a lot of travel in and out of the country right now. And there's all the, you know, 14 day quarantine and all sorts of other stuff that it is a logistical thing. But I think that's why we're getting this draw out. And we're having this fun story with Olivia and Robert and now Ethan, because they need to draw it out a little more to possibly work that out. Yeah, I think that they need, we need some type of proof of life so that, you know, would make it happen. Although, if Holly is alive, I think that would be a curtail. I don't know if Robert and Olivia are going to, you know, if their friendship yeah, is going to lead to one night. It may be a one night stand, may just be a kiss. It, it will be something, but it won't be long term, I don't think. I, I think this is more just letting Lisa's fangirl dreams come true, which is adorable. But what's funny about Lisa, and I forgot to mention it earlier, she should have some spy skills. In Chuck, she was the wedding planner that conned Sarah and Chuck out of their money, and they had to get back at her. Like, she conned spies. It was cute. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, think, I love well, that. Um, yeah, with her, and you know, I know that. In, well, this is a nice flashback because even like Olivia said, you know, way back when, you know, a lot of the women would just sing around in the scene and talking about, you know, people they found really sexy. Some of them were act famous movie actors, and she just said, "Oh, Robert Scorpio." And oh like, yeah, oh wow. Um, and it's and and it makes sense that she's and they really she's really doing well. I think actually, what's going to happen with the storyline is that Ned is going to find, get the, somehow they're going to contact him about her credit card and her renting the bridal suite in that hotel that Robert put on her card. And he's going to leap to the conclusion, since she's not returning his calls, that she and Robert are sharing a hotel room, which they technically are. And I think he's going to be the one who winds up cheating. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, because I saw chemistry with him and Sasha, and I kind of feel like Sasha would work better with an older man like Ned or Valentine, because, I mean, to me, the Michael pairing, meh, with Chase, we see, I actually kind of always wanted him with Brooklyn, you know, I feel like that would be more fun, kind of like Nell with him, they actually had cute chemistry, uh, as bad as that was, I guess, (laughs) But, yeah, we'll see where Sasha goes. But, yeah, it would make sense to be someone like Ned. Yeah, I, and I, it would be especially great if, you know, let's face it, Michael's the one who sees her creeping out of Ned's bedroom in the mansion. Yeah. Um, and then and the other, well, as far as Chase goes, I got to say, my dream pairing for him would, would be Britta. Oh, my God. That would be fun. I love Britta. I'm glad that character's back. And I hope with her being back, this means we can get Brad out of jail, free Brad, and – because she would give him his job back in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. And and, and then um, I'm, I'm just trying to think. I, I've heard that he's supposed to be breaking out of jail with um, the doctor who was doing the mind control stuff. Yeah. Or I think they were actually in another project together may have been the photo. Because there was a photo taken of them. But, yeah, that would have been interesting to see, like, a prison scene with them. I actually wish that we would go more with the Asian Quarter redux with brad maybe in prison maybe meeting some of his family since he was Wu's son yeah in, in the whole story and i remember when that storyline first came on 35 years ago and and this is also when general hospital used to just suddenly create an asian quarter or yeah. you because know, oh and, and the thing is and then you had um i think it was the actor who played charlie chan's son in the movies way back when um helping to protect robin while she because she somehow wound up with yeah, Two black pearls were worth millions, and I'm like, this is a lot of work for a couple of black pearls, you know. Um, 
and that Sean Donnelly was somehow involved in that too. But uh, yeah, Brad, I think uh, Brad's an interesting character. I like Brad. Uh, it's good to see Felix back. Um, yeah. And yeah, and I was just like, you know, uh, they have all the, well, the problem with General Hospital is it has well, this wealth of incredible actors I really like to see on screen, you know? Uh, yeah. And- yeah, there's very few people that I think, you know, maybe need at best a rest like maybe we don't see them for a little bit but most everybody else i'm like i I love seeing them rotate people more in and out kind of like days does is that they tend to rotate people in and out because they have so many people and that's something as a newer days viewer i like to see and with general hospital i want to see more of and i do feel like we are going to have more of that balance because we're already seeing it but there was stuff like the the nell and wiley custody case and the mike storyline that had to wrap up but stuff like the cyrus and valentine and and these things going on are umbrella stories encompassing a lot of people which sort of gives me hope that that'll be better. Although, you know, it's, it's a shame that Ryan Carnes just must be really busy because we all really want to know what's up with Lucas, but... Yeah, because you would think that he... I mean, if anybody would have uh, been important in the custody yeah. hearing, it would have been, this is the guy who raised him for the first year and a half of his life, pretty much. And if he says, yeah, I want him to go to Michael... Um, yeah, that and... would have made sense. It, it's really weird that we didn't even get, like, a le- uh, if he wasn't available, a letter from Lucas. Yeah, it's something along those lines. Or, and I just think that, you know, what's it? Uh, see, I also thought that we were going to find out that Valentine was the one paying Martin Gray to represent Nell just to keep the quartermains off balance, especially Michael, so he could, while he was buying up all his shares. And I still, I still don't know how, you know, I'd like to see somebody do a forensic accounting on ELQ because you would think between like Michael um, and Ned and Monica, et cetera, that they didn't have more than 50% in that house alone to counter his um, Valentine's takeover. Yeah. I mean, again, I I like the storyline. I like that he won something for once and it gives him something new to do and something to be devilish, but without having to kill anyone or do anything he'd go to jail for just more. Kind of like how Jax as a corporate raider used to be more interesting in that way that it's like, okay, cool. We've got something for him to do. Let's see what he does here. But I I like that they almost seem to be setting up Valentine to be the one to marry Neller and they went in a different direction it's like good because that would have just been been weird and i don't think it would have worked and not has been as funny as her with julian even though that was dumb but yeah at least they had martin sort of threaten nell and we know that nell was supposed to be paying him with that money she got from valentine for the shares. so so we had that mystery sort of solved and i'm glad he wasn't involved because i did like that he was willing to use Nell for that, but never liked her, never thought she should get Wiley, even tried to talk her out of going like that and things, because he, his saving grace is Charlotte and actually being a good dad. And we have Laura even acknowledge that. And even, yeah, and acknowledged that. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say, actually, and sometimes, although I don't understand, especially now that Nicholas is back and alive and not dead, yeah. I actually kind of was thinking... Valentine and Laura. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is we don't have enough of her and Kevin anymore. And while I like them as a couple, I would, again, much rather see a Lucy, Kevin, Scotty triangle. And uh, I've always wanted Laura and Robert. They've had their things and they were Kane's parents on YNR. But yeah, Valentine and Laura do sort of have this special relationship that is interesting. And especially if she could have, you know, some bonding with him more over two people whose entire lives were manipulated heavily by Helena Cassadine. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, you know, what was it? You said you liked uh, Lauren and Kevin. I've never been a huge fan of uh, Lauren and Kevin. I liked them immensely both individually. And I loved uh, uh, Kevin's work or John Lipscomb's work as Kevin and Ryan during that storyline. Yeah. And when Ryan was pretending to be Kevin and romancing Ava, um, yeah. And, oh, and the whole thing. That was good. That, it was so creepy. I mean, he murders her daughter and then goes, to, shows up at her hotel room and sleeps with Ava. Like, wow. I mean, this guy is beyond. Yeah, gone. John Lindstrom is so good in that dual role because they are so different. And to me, I really liked that storyline because we got to put Ava in the forefront and we sort of were able to develop this relationship between Ava and Laura and have. Ava sort of be redeemed in a lot of ways because that horrible thing happened to her and it did change her. And I like that we haven't had her regress since then, really. And that this with Nicholas seems to be actually turning more into sweet and romantic instead of just being so hateful. And But I did like, because to me, Nicholas is more of the bad Cassidy than Valentine these days, especially with the way he was manipulating Ava with Kiki. And I kind of like that we've stopped that. I do like Nicholas being more of the bad one because I think Marcus pulls it off well and it's very likable. But one thing we have always loved about Nicholas, just like with Valentine, that there is this romantic fatherly side as well that we can get behind and we want you to be with Ava and the fact is that even before the character went missing when um, Tyler Christopher was playing him in, in during the last year or so he was doing a lot of shady unlikable oh yeah things. like with Hayden yeah like and that's a character we desperately need back is Hayden yeah he put a bullet in her head I mean not he, yeah. he paid somebody to do and then let another man go to prison for it um that's the another, you know, what I like is that's another shooter drop in the Curtis and um, Jordan storyline is that Curtis knows that Sean did not shoot Hayden. Yeah. And to and me, does Jordan know that? Yeah. Excuse me? I don't, and, and I'm trying to think. I don't think Jordan knows that. No, Jordan wouldn't let him be in prison yeah. for that. I think in some ways I feel like it is, would almost be that Curtis kind of let Jordan, uh, Sean stay in prison because, you know, you killed my brother, whatever the reasons you killed my brother, and you never went to prison for that. So this is what you're going to go to prison for. So be it. And, and see, um, Sean is TJ's father. So we still have this connection. And I know Sean Blackmore is busy in primetime usually, but being now is probably the best time to say, get a wrongfully convicted black man out of prison on the soap and incorrect some wrongs like with Taggart. This could really be a big domino effect that, I would like to see a little bit more bad boy Curtis because he's too perfect and, and we like that. We love Donnell. Let's see this sort of come out and let's see his reasons why he's kept it be about TJ and his brother and, and all of that that went down. Yeah, and the, and the, uh, the actor um, who plays Curtis, uh, was, uh, what was his name? Donnell Turner. Yes, okay. Uh, has it's, What is I really like about his character is whenever they put him in the scene, or actually more than a couple scenes with the same person, including Laura, yeah. they were working together, there's just something incredibly flirtatious 
about him when he gets around women. And it's like, that's just part of his character. Not that he could necessarily sleep with them, but, I mean, he had that great chemistry with Nina that they really... Oh, yeah, their friendship was cute. Yeah, same thing with Hayden. I I like that Curtis can have female friends and be that guy without being creepy. Yeah, and he just... just, It's a testament to him that he can just do that. I I don't think we have enough, like, male female friendships on the soaps that just stay friendships, you know? That's why I never was very keen when Sam got together with Patrick because I liked it when they were just friends, you know, and that was an interesting dynamic. Um, and I know that, and again, same thing with Finn and um, Alexis. Alexis. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. hated when they actually subbed together. I was like, no, this is, uh, it was. Yeah. So they'd be better me. just as friends. Yeah. Like even like, I get that they were both kind of friends with benefits. It wasn't ever really considered romantic, but again, Alexis still got hurt. And it was like, okay, like, why do we do that? They were good friends. And, and I like that they're still good friends, but yeah, the Sam and Patrick, if, if sadly that's Sam, uh, I hate to say it, it wouldn't have made sense for her not to sleep with Patrick eventually. But, and I Although didn't so much hate him. I know, because he was stable and he, you know, was actually like a, an involved father. But that was when they tried to actually make Sam grow up and with Patrick and with Drew. But, you know, when Jason came back, there went Sam <laughs> and all her progress. It, it's amazing how... Um... Jason remains always true to Sam, no matter what. Although, even do you though think she's Sam number been... two or three <laughs> to Sonny and Carly. <laughs> oh, okay, true. It's a. But do you think yeah. Sam is going to wind up fooling around with Brando? Oh yeah, they've been leading up to that forever. Like, I'm actually surprised that Sam and Shiloh never slept together because Kelly certainly played it like there was this attraction there, and, and I kind of like that part of it because it did fit Sam and who she is in a way. And, and but that's why it won't surprise me though if they don't go there with Brando because they they clearly went a few different directions with the Shiloh stuff that was pretty dark anyway. Yeah, but with I'm Brando, actually, he's just Jason Light. So, yeah. well, with Shiloh, I was never really thrilled with the whole cult storyline. Um, I don't think I, most people were. I liked the actor that was Shiloh. He was really good and he was really creepy. But yeah, it, it didn't go over very well. And I think that he's actually going to – that's the key to the Quartermains getting ELQ back is two things. It's either, A, they're going to be able to finally prove, although you think by now they'd have a ruling on Oscar's will and whether the second will that he, like, hand wrote, I think what they call a holographic will, is legal, and that that means that Shiloh never should have gotten the money in the first place. And so he, he wasn't in a position to – give it to Nell. If they um, never mentioned Oscar or Shiloh again, though, I'd be fine. Like, we could just move on from that. <laughs> they, do, they did mention Oscar today with uh, I know. I liked Oscar. Which made I sense, that it made sense to mention, it, it made sense to mention Oscar with that, as with all the characters reflecting on people they lost and Jocelyn's there. It at least made sense. It wasn't like where they mentioned him every day for like two years and it's like, wow, we, we hear Oscar more than Morgan. That's weird. <laughs> and then the other part with her is that if they can somehow um, prove that the two, um, what you got, the two passports that Valentine gave Nell as part of her payment for the shares of Quartermain stock, if that was, um, that might actually nullify the sale. If it, if it could, something like, because basically he paid her with 
the equivalent of like, like if he paid her with drug money, it wouldn't be right. It'd be like a RICO violation. Yeah. So if and so maybe if that comes out, they might be able to hold that over Valentine's head. But I don't want that for. I want to see. Actually, I'd like to. Yeah, see I want to see more of him involved with it and do something with it because at least we've had some scenes where Michael's like, I got other stuff to worry about right now, and and do we we see that that event. I feel like we're going to have a different Quartermain come in and fight, hopefully, because Ned and Michael have so much else going on. And this would have been the perfect time for Drew Kane to show up and we get Billy back. But I just don't see that ever happening. Thank you for listening to Believe in Soap Operas. If you're not subscribed to the show, be sure to hit that button so you get new episodes each week in the feed of your favorite podcasting app. Like us, rate us. Have something to say? Leave us a review. And since I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Stay tuned for more Believe in Soap Operas with part two of my chat with author Jerry Waggett. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.